Welcome back to this week's episode of Bricks and Clicks. Colin is back from Hawaii. He's back in San Francisco. He's got a nice sunburn, but he's doing all right. And he developed some new models, right, Colin, in Hawaii? You worked on some new Sure did, uh, yeah. Keegan and myself and Bob were jamming on some stuff, so we got a lot of new, uh, lot of new ideas flowing around. We'll have to address that in a future episode because this week we are very fortunate to be joined by Vasa Martinez, who is a man of many hats. He is the founder and CEO of a CPG product called Perfy, which is a beverage, Vasa. Yep, it's a functional and, soda. And you're also a founder of an agency called Growth Buster. Yep. Marketing agency. Mm-hmm. And you also are the CMO of Outer Eye. This is right. That's correct. Wow. And you're the host of the podcast Food Chained, which is also, just like Bricks and Clicks, a part of the Triple Whale Podcast Network. So this is our first cross pod, making Lucas happy. I'm doing this for you guys, listeners, but also for Lucas. He's been wanting us to do this for a long time. So here we are. Fossa, welcome to the show. I know we have a lot to talk about. Really excited to get this. How are you doing today? Awesome, man. Pumped to be here. Good. So where shall we begin, Colin? That's a good question. He's got four jobs, three or four <laughs> jobs here. We can start in our comfort zone. The CPG stuff is definitely our favorite thing to jam on. So perfect functional beverage. Yeah. Uh, could you tell us about that and how that got started? So I'll start with what it is first, and then I'll get yeah. to the why. But what it is, is a low sugar soda for your brain. It's got L-theanine in it, which is a nootropic, and each flavor is paired with an adaptogen. The citrus flavors are paired with turmeric. And Fruit Punch and Dr. Perfy are paired with ashwagandha. The idea behind it was that there's so many gut health beverages out there, but nothing focusing really on cognitive health. And with the mental fitness industry being three times the size of functional CSD, it was a natural progression with things that I was going through to create something that can solve that problem and fit in a little bit to that white space. The why behind it, in 2017, I started undergoing a ton of different traumatic like life experiences. My mom was diagnosed with something terrible. My brother, one of my older brothers had a stroke and he's still paralyzed. I lost my best friend to an accidental fentanyl overdose. There's all kinds of like terrible stuff equating to about 18 friends lost over the course of five years. And I was personally dealing with it in a very unhealthy way. It wasn't drugs. It wasn't alcohol. I was just not working out anymore. I was staying holed up in my house, working a hundred hours a week on my agency. The agency was flourishing, but my health plummeted, developed prediabetes, was battling with some form of, I would say like depression. And in order to climb out of that hole, I knew that something that would be selfless would be to create something where people can relate to, something that people are also going through. In America, one in 10 people are type 2 diabetic, and by 2025, one in five will be. I developed prediabetes, and it was a natural thing to try to attack. And then on top of that, just the mental health crisis right now is getting worse after what happened in 2020. So I tried to marry those two worlds and create something that's greater than myself where I can help others. That's so cool. Yeah. A lot there. Thanks for sharing that and for for taking that and turning it into something really positive, right? And trying to help other people along maybe a similar road that you're traveling on. So Perfy itself is soda, superfood soda. The I perfect think, soda. I think there you have some exciting... So you're early in your journey. This is a pretty new to this moment. Yeah, the next week will be one year since we launched. So brand awesome. new, real new. Brand new. Yeah. Congratulations on that, making to a year. How's the distribution growth journey going for you? It's going well. I'm pumped for being one year in. It's no prime or feastables or anything like that, but it is. We're having some really good traction so far. We unlocked and partnered with Kehi, Unify, McLean. We actually have product on the way to two different distributors 
then we'll be rolling out into two great retailers the first of March, right around the first week. And that's going to be the real journey. Once I can start telling some velocity stories at these two different retailers and two different channels, I think that's when things really start to pop off. The first year was just perseverance. Launching didn't go exactly as I planned. I had to make some pivots and that sort of thing. Update the labels, standard startup, the first time mistakes I probably made. I fixed those and I'm ready to rock now. So we have a lot of probably first time startup founders listening as well. What Maybe what were some of those bigger challenges that you bumped up against? You mentioned a couple there, but yeah, any notable ones? Yeah, the first one was packaging. I've never worked with a brand on the agency side or in my career that's nailed it out the gate. When I started my career at Quest Nutrition, you know, that packaging one says launch with an MVP and learn as you go. I definitely wanted to try to nail it as close as possible out the gate, but I was very open to understanding I might talk about something in a way that the customers don't talk about it. So I had my ears open, but the biggest mistake was launching with smaller fonts than should have been on that packaging. And I had, once I saw that, I was like, I can't have this on too many retail shelves. I don't want to, you only really have one chance at being on shelf. And if you fail there, it takes a lot to get back. So I had to find ways to get the product sold through the things like snack magic, a lot of sampling, the liquid spoke for itself. The label wasn't so good. So I improved the label, but all in all, I think that the opportunity cost of that suboptimal first label was about six months of time. And I don't even want to calculate the dollars. Did you notice that there was a problem or were you getting feedback from retailers being like, this is no good? I got a lot of feedback. <laughs> the first one, red flag should have been when my mom couldn't read the company name. Like the brand is Perfy. It was, it's yeah. a nickname I had for my mom when I was a kid. I used to say that she was Perfy, but oh. the company name is Forzo Inc. And Zoe is my mom. So Forzo, it's, it's all oh. in honor of my mom. And I was like, mom, check this out. And she's like, oh no, this is probably not a good thing. And <laughs> I kept going on that. I probably should have learned at that point I need to make all of these fonts bigger and the contrast better and all of that. I went to print and the rest is history. They're all pretty much gone now and live and learn. Wow. Uh, you mentioned, you'd mentioned that you're shipping to a couple of retailers. Are you able to mm-hmm. share that? Is that something that we can discuss? Yeah. Fear it then. Cause I want to try this product. I wonder if there's a store close to me. So if you're on the East coast, we're rolling out into Wegmans and that's a huge first win. Wow. Uh, Good job. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, that's a big one. It's on that matrix I posted earlier in the week, teasing some stuff that we were going to be rolling out to. And then the really exciting outside of Wegmans being a top grocer in the nation, we unlocked the convenience channel pretty early. Usually for sub one year brands don't land the convenience channel and we're rolling out into come and go as well, which unlocked McLean distribution, which is like one of the top convenience distributors in the country. So McLean and Wegmans all at once, the POs came in all in one day, which was crazy within like minutes of each other. And it was pretty dope. That's so exciting. What, uh, how many flavors are you getting into Wegmans? Wegmans is th- are three fruity flavors. And then yeah. Come and Go is Dr. Perfy and Blood Orange. I like that it's not all four of our SKUs because it gives us a chance to grow into plussing out. It's better than going in with all four and then having to... Yep. And you get to learn, right? Because you'll yep. be selling all four across the two different channels, the two different retailers, see what's working, not, what's not working. Are you doing like a multi-packet Wegmans? I know that they're big on bigger packs and high velocities. Are you doing single, single serve? Single units, there's been a lot of demand for multi-packs and I'll figure out how that goes based on channel strategy. If it's Costco that wants a multi-pack first, it'll probably be an eight. If it's a natural specialty grocer, it'll probably be a four. Cool. So you did mention, I want to touch on this now, this matrix you shared on LinkedIn, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week in terms of you had your grid. Why don't you explain it, boss? Why don't you explain it to the audience, the listeners, and we can talk a little bit about it. Yes, I'm a... I'm big on like meme accounts and some of the, I think the best meme accounts are the sports meme accounts. And they have this kind of content pillar where 
there's different tiers of players and it's like $5, $4, $3, $2, $1. You have yep. $15 to spend and you have to pick your starting lineup. And I kind of did yep. that and applied it to retailers. I thought it'd be super interesting on LinkedIn to see what people thought about their channels and how they want to attack them. It was awesome to see the responses. You know, one dude, Jody from Sundays was like, Costco is the only answer. And people were getting like super heated in there. <laughs> and I, I don't know if Costco is the only answer, but it's definitely yeah. a zig when others zagged. But for me, there was a natural and one, and there was the yeah. $5 and then there's Mulo or multi-unit C-store food service uh, regional. Yep. And each one is five, four, three, two, one. So that's what I did. I picked five retailers from it. Oddballed it. I didn't have any sort of science behind who was five, four, three, two, one. I just put them together. And it did pretty well on LinkedIn. That's cool. Just so for an example, the $5 retailers, so the top, the most expensive ones within each channel are Whole Foods and Natural, Walmart and Mulo, 7-Eleven and C-Store, Starbucks and Food Service, and Wegmans in the regional the regional players. So those are the $5 ones. I know I I put together my list. I love this. This is like a fantasy draft, which is so cool. And now you get yeah. to bring it into the retail space. So I went with, what did I go with? Whole Foods for $5. Kroger for four dollars, and then I put Meyer for a dollar. That seemed like such a steal getting Meyer for one buck. Mm-hmm. So that left me with five more dollars for C store and food service, which I don't know a ton about. I don't know anything about food service mm-hmm. other than Starbucks. So I went with Jersey Mike's as my number as a two dollar, and then Wawa as a three dollar to fill it in. Nice. Yeah, this that. one created so much, so much anxiety for me. I was like <laughs> trying to figure out how to answer, it, and then I like threw it. I was like, I got to answer. I got to respond to this because Lucas was like, I can be on to respond. So I responded. And I was like, ah, I don't know about these. And so short of firing up a whole bunch of spreadsheets and doing a bunch of calculations, <laughs> I just picked some and tried to not think about it anymore. But now you got me thinking again. But yeah, I was trying to decide what it should the measure be here if we were actually trying to optimize this. And store count's got to be a big one. Yeah. Store count. And also there's some retailers out there that have smaller store counts, but the velocities are ridiculous. Like Harmons sure. isn't on here, but Harmons is a 20 store chain in Utah that moves a lot of product. I, I should have had it on here under the regional, but it was smaller door count. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know what mine would be. So I guess all I know is question. This comes up all the time, right? Like time. people are asking us, like, what retailer should we go into? Or what? How do you evaluate the goodness of a retailer, or how much should you be willing to pay? So this is like a annoyingly real life question, as well. I, yeah. All I know is Walmart for five dollars is never happening on my watch in terms of a starting five. I'm starting with a retailer. I never want to start with Walmart. Yeah. I know that might be a hot take to some listeners out there, but I want to stay away from Walmart as long as possible until I go into there with my brand, until things are right, until I have the pricing right, because they become so big and then they have some leverage over you and they're going to try and control that pricing in the marketplace, which we don't want to yeah. do. Imagine you went in first to Walmart with Perfy with the label not and then failed at yeah. Walmart or had to change your inventory over, but you have inventory to supply Walmart demand. Yeah. Like as expensive as that was, it just got many times more expensive. So a lot of conspiracies there. Yeah. I think I would go with, I'm going to, I would skip Mulo to be honest. The Walmart's Kroger is like, we spoke to Walmart. We have some applications at Kroger and Albertsons. I think in my experience for a higher price, like brand, pretty tough sell in Mulo or like those sorts of chains. I like Ralph's as like a regional, I maybe start there, but I think Sprouts, we're in talks with Fresh Time and Fresh Market and Natural Grocers, but I'd go Sprouts for this one, if I had to choose a Mulo, I'd probably just go, ah, hold, come yeah. and go because we're rolling out in there. I think I would go Kava, to be honest. So I'd be four, seven, I'm at $7, and then Wegmans, I'm at $12. Can't even leave money on the table. Yeah. The table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll hold Delhaze for a dollar, I think is another steal, yeah. especially when you consider all the all hold divisions, plus the plus Food Lion, plus Hannaford, 
And the East Coast representation is so big there. But you got yeah. Wegmans. Yeah, Wegmans I'm pumped on. Hopefully Publix, H-U-B, Stop and Shop, and Meyer next. I love regional grocers so much. Hey, Johnny, are you going to Expo West? Of course I'm going to be there, Colin. It's my favorite time of the year, and I'm going to be there from March 8th to March 11th with the entire Omnium crew, including you. That's great. I know I'll see you there, and I hope to see a lot of our listeners there too. Reach out on LinkedIn and let us know where we can find you. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. So what's your plan for building out now you have a bit of a base established and you're in the key distributors? What's next for... So right now I'm going heavy on building what I call house file, just consumer touch points to be able to sell online and be able to say, hey, we're now available on XYZ retailer. So we got the trial pack going for that, getting reviews on the website. Social proof's important. We just got our in-store loyalty program going. So once we launch Wegmans and come and go, there'll be ads served, geo-targeted people around those doors that will offer a free can or buy three, get one free, buy two, get one free. I'll test all of the different offers and see what hits. The idea is to get some adoption in store and start telling a velocity story there. I'm pumped on Wegmans 2 will be EDLP at 249, which is pretty competitively priced. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Then come and go. I think that's that'll be huge. If I can... If we do well in come and go, I've been studying energy drinks for years now. If we run some a playbook like that, I'm hoping that it'll do well, and then we can start going to 7-Eleven and Wawa. Really bullish on the convenience channel. For me, I thought I had a plan in February. I think it's Mike Tyson that says everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And last February when I launched, I got punched in the face a little bit, but stayed scrappy, persevered through it. And right now it's Wegmans and come and go. They're my highest priorities and being able to get some data and win some other retailers. And speaking of the retailers, I believe you're going to Expo West here in a couple weeks. All the retailers will be there. Will you be setting up a booth? Yeah, we'll have a booth. We're at booth 1673. Pumped to be there. Awesome. Can How do you prep for Expo? What's I keep plan? it light, man. I keep it yeah. really light. So one, I'm grateful to even be there. Two, it's still barf-worthy to think about how much I paid last year to be at Expo East and Expo West. It is expensive. It is expensive. a little bit of a... It's definitely a barrier to entry. But what I yeah. think about is it costs X amount of dollars to be there. I need to be really frugal where I can be. And I need to understand and be open-minded that one yes can make that show ROI positive. And that's what happened at Expo East. Yes, it was gross to think about the travel, to go to Philadelphia, stay there for a while, set up, having the union bring in our pal, all of those sorts of different costs. But the Wegmans buyer was there and I was able to meet him and our broker made sure that he came by and having us chat, having him taste it with with his colleagues, that's priceless. And without having been there, I don't think we would have landed them. So I think about that the same way with Expo West is there might be retailers that have told us no. They might see the booth. They might have a good, feel good when they leave after speaking to us. And I'm hoping that it turns into a similar thing where we, something that makes up for the cost. Who's your top two or three that you'd want to come by the booth if you could have any buyers coming by and talking to you, who you're looking for? That's for sure. We just recently got declined by Sprouts and it's one of the dream retailers I have that's national. I think we would do very well there. And it's up to me to show some data in the coming months after the Wegmans launch to try to win them over. And no is never a permanent thing, but there's some really good brands that have been declined there that are now in Sprouts. The other one is I'm really pumped on the fresh market. We've been chatting with them since launch and I'm excited for them to come by and meet us face-to-face. Hopefully the same thing can happen that happened with yeah, they're a really high-velocity retailer, too, in the conventional space. Yeah, really good one. So what's right. your plan for Expo? How do you prep in terms of, do you set meetings with buyers ahead of time? Are you hoping they walk by? Are you reaching out? How are you setting it 
maybe this can be in some good counsel for other brands that are looking to attend. I don't know if my advice here would be the best advice for anyone, but this is just more of my personality. I'm not a big pusher. I'm not like a big stalking buyers or doing creepy things to get yeah. like their attention and speak to them. I'm very much, let's create a destination like at our yeah. booth. It doesn't need to be fancy, but let's have a good time. Maybe there's music. Maybe there's just more than enough people so we can actually give people the time of day and have a, a good conversation. That's how I take it. So don't do anything fancy. I don't. There's some things where you book in advance. There's opportunities to pitch X, Y, and Z. Perfect didn't get selected to pitch some at certain things. And that's all good. Whoever comes by, we're going to make the most of it. And we're going to be as frugal as possible. At Expo East, we didn't even have, didn't want to pay for the, uh, the cushioning for the floor. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I regretted that. I regretted <laughs> yeah. them. So I'll probably either bring my own matting or just cough up the 500 bucks or whatever for a 10 by 10 floor. But I might bring them in still. I think there's things that you can do. Yes, just being there is a lot. Getting the pallet of product there is you're going to pay a lot just for them to receive it and put it at your booth. But outside yeah. of that, the things like Anaheim's 45 minutes away from me. I'm not standing, staying at a hotel. I'll be driving back and forth each. I think that you can save money on if you're a beverage. I have big ass coolers that I put product and I buy fresh ice every and I just use the coolers because a refrigerator costs about I think three grand for two days I'll probably need two so that's a place where I shave costs I have a backdrop that I use that's pretty much evergreen tablecloth and then I'll probably buy some fruit and that sort of thing we don't we don't use like serving cups or whatever it is one I don't want to have a hand washing station and a cough or a sneeze guard on the booth and also two I, I think serving cans is a big thing. I love product out of the can. I personally don't yeah. like it out of a plastic shot glass. I think a soda you got to just have out of a can. And but that's probably my, my biggest expense is giving out full cans. I don't think many people are wasting them, but that's probably my favorite thing is full can experience. I'm definitely going to be coming by and getting one or more of those cans. Yeah. Got to try them all. Try all the flavors, see how they taste. And Yeah. So you mentioned you don't like doing kind of pushy sales, trying to get the buyers going. I guess that's why you have brokers though. You've outsourced yeah. that. So they're up there pushing or dragging the buyers over to your booth. Are you working the booth the entire time? Yeah, but I've learned from Expo East. So Expo East is just me and my girlfriend. I wanted to completely cut costs. And my girlfriend also works at my agency. So it's just us two. And it, it was pretty dang crazy. I missed a couple meetings and some of them followed up. But what I learned for this one is I'm going to have more people there. I think I can have up to six people. So I'm going to have five other people there and filtering through the conversations that I have. One, I like actually being in the trenches and serving the sodas and having conversation with everyone. But there are times when salespeople take too much of your time and you miss a buyer that wanted to speak to you. That happened a few times at Expo East. So that's the adjustment. I'm like, yeah, it's smart. It's so overwhelming. Colin and I, we've never manned a booth, but we walked the entire show when we're there and just stopping in. Just like, how do people keep track of everything? There's people reaching out for you, wanting to talk, waiting to talk. It's exhausting from our end, just walking the floor. I can't imagine what it's like when you're actually manning the booth and doling out sodas. Yeah, I wish I wish that Expos had done. Um, you remember like the red light, green light parties back in the day? If you were single, you wore like a green shirt. If you were taken, you wore a red shirt. And if you're somewhere in the middle, you'd wear a yellow shirt. I wish there was something like that at these Expos where I'm wearing red shirts to ingredient suppliers, co-manufacturers, can suppliers. I wish they had that. Do they? So they do. Yeah, the they badges. Do. The badges are a certain color, depending if you're a retailer, a consultant, a buyer or whatever. I think the green badges are retailers. At least that's what they've usually been. Okay. So you can look at the reach, like look at the badge when they're walking by and you'll see, I believe it's green for retailer. I wish I could wear something that says, if you're an ingredient supplier, uh, don't bug me. The exactly. guidance for that is if it's ingredient supplier, if you have a card and be like, I'm not the person, but here's a card of the person to talk to. Yeah. And maybe for you, it's just the name of your girlfriend or something. I don't know. Someone else. Yeah. Don't call me, but here's the person. Get out of here. 
that's the approach I've seen a lot of other brands take because it eats up so much time. Like you mm -hmm. said, if the spread supplier is walking by and you got three ingredient supplier, suppliers talking to you, that was your one shot. Yeah. It's pretty funny you say that because we've done many shows. We used to just walk up to people and start asking them about their trade marketing. Like, do you need help with trade marketing? And they would immediately just like their eyes would glaze over and they'd be like, how do I get out of this as soon as possible? Because they're not there. I quickly realized like they're not there to talk about trade marketing. They want to talk about finding buyers, the more important things, investors, whatever it is. So we reduce that when we walk the floor, we set our meetings ahead of time where it's like, hey, we want to talk to this person because we know them and talk about what Omnium offers and get, we get that on the calendar. And it's just so much more effective than just walking up to a random random booth and trying to pitch them our services that that never works and has not worked for us cool but yeah expo so expo west is coming up quick a couple mm -hmm. weeks here I'll be there all days yeah i'm gonna be there as much as possible i'm another thing i'm this is just my personality thing i don't stay around for the networking things i just go home and rest up yeah the networking things yeah. nothing against them i yes it's a great opportunity to meet people but again it's a lot of jockeying and just things that make me uncomfortable and then all I'll do is just drink and then go home with a hangover, wake up with a hangover. Yeah, and I, I don't want that. You don't so want just, that. Not when you're yeah. man in the booth all day. I don't know. So I'm just going to go home. and. Yeah, I've done less and less over the years. It's just like, I know I'm going to be exhausted. I need those hours of sleep. Because you're just on. As soon as you as soon as you open, as soon as you wake up that morning each day, you're just, you're on, you're in go mode and it's exhausting. So I wanted to quickly touch, switch topics a little bit to your podcast. So Food Chain. So what's going on with that? What do you discuss? Who are your guests? What's the purpose of Food Chain? So it's a lot of startup founders on the brand side and agency side as well. We just had Chris Mo from Cartograph on it that went live today. The idea behind Food Chain is that it's my belief that a lot of big food and beverage brands are doing unethical things, whether it's mm. the sugar industry back in the day paying doctors to do research and say that sugar is actually great all the way to like how ingredients are sourced. So we talk about those things. It's a lot about founder story too. It's an opportunity for founders to just give their own autobiography if they can in a condensed period of time and also talk about things that they're trying to solve. It's great for me too because it's almost like a therapeutic. We're all going through tough times. Yeah. Like how are you getting through X, Y, and Z? What can we do to prevent X, Y, and Z? One, two, three. It's more of just, honestly, it's my therapy than more than anything, but also it's a place for people to learn stuff, especially startup founders. That's great. I'm sure you've learned a lot too in terms of you are a startup founder, right? You're doing this thing. You're starting Perfy. It's only been a year. I'm sure it's been a great resource for you as well, personally. Yeah, I am. I always tell certain guests like this is a selfish guest booking. I want to learn from you. And it's important. Yeah. It's people want to talk about what they know best. I want to learn certain things that I don't know because maybe it'll help. Any common themes across the various guests and these sort of startups when they're breaking into the space? Any common questions they have or problems they've come across? One thing I've noticed the most right now is a lot of our guests come from the finance world yeah. and they're starting their business with their significant other. So many finance people on the podcast, I didn't even know. I find that they're, they have that analytical mind where that's a lot harder to teach. Like with, And some people are like the creative founders. I found that a lot of the finance, I'm very intrigued by the finance founders that you can hire someone to be creative in marketing or you can say, I like X, Y, and Z things, but the finance founders are fascinating to me. Matt from Ryan Snacks, Dave from Dream Pops, there's Marilyn from uh, Papadelics. There's so many of them. Yeah. And what do you find interesting about them in terms of how they think about their business, in terms of like their margin structure or how they, what's the sort of yeah. the benefit that seems to be driving them? I think that the line of sight to solvency for a finance found is much clearer than a creative founder that like me. Like I've got yeah. napkin math and yeah. keep it simple. Uh, but they, they have pivot tables and actual numbers. And yeah. I think that that's a huge strength for them. For me, I can't wait to hire somebody like that. that's just the numbers person and will just keep me in check. It's very cool to see someone like Matt from Rind 
just knows those numbers out the gate. And it's very ben- beneficial. I think it limits a little bit of risk for a lot of investors too when a founder has that sort of skill set. You're talking to Colin right here. He would be your man if you wanted to talk about numbers. I'm sure he'd be happy to share some pivot <laughs> tables that he's built and run some numbers for you just to happy. He loves talking about it, right? And we, I do as well. Absolutely. That's what we do. This is our thing. That's our background and working with CPG companies is what we do every day, helping them understand their financials. If Lucas ever needs any spreadsheet help, he knows he can very easily trick me into spending almost countless hours on stuff with him. Awesome. If, if you need a hand, give me a call. I'm sure you can get some free work out of me. Perfect. Appreciate that. Send a, just send him some free yeah. soda. Yeah. Yeah. Do it for, we'll, work, we'll work for soda. I'll send it to you regardless. I love sending out free product. I started in the service industry, so I basically have a bartender mindset. That's great. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been crushing the LaCroix in the office here. We can't keep them in stock. Um, it seems like oh. if we just buy more, they go. We could use some alternatives. Let's talk about LaCroix. Um, yeah. So th- that's actually, LaCroix was part of my like market research early on. Is like I came to the conclusion that people go from Coke to Diet Coke, and then there's this big gap between Diet Coke and LaCroix. Once they become problem aware with Coke, they're like, I shouldn't be drinking all of this sugar or high fructose corn syrup. Then they jump yeah. to Diet Coke and then become problem aware when they realize that all of the artificial sweeteners aren't that good for them. They make it an enormous leap to LaCroix where it's carbonated, but it doesn't quite have the flavor. And once they realize I, I really want that flavor, there's opportunity to jump back. And my goal is to try to snag them on their way back to the Diet Cokes of the world. All right. We are probably your Sounds exact like target consumer then. So yes. my solve for that, I've got tired of, I don't like all the cans and I don't like carrying water. I don't like going to the grocery store and coming back with a bunch of water because it's exp- it's just heavy and mm-hmm. expensive. So I'm a, I'm soda stream. The recent addition has been adding bitters to soda water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Add some complexity, but it's, and it's not, a, not really sweet or sugary. Bitters is great. For anyone out there looking for an at-home option, just bitters and sparkling water. It's so good. Bitters and soda. And there's tons of different flavors of bitters too. It's like you can perfectly you have all these different options in terms of flavors. Bitters is an interesting spot as well in terms of what you could do. Cool. I think that's, we're up for time here. Vasa, really appreciate you coming on our pod. We'd be happy to join your pod. We're not love CPG it. founders, but we love talking about the CPG space. So we'd love to come on. Maybe post-expo, we could do an expo follow-up or something like that. Do and it. To all our, yeah, to all yeah. our listeners, stop by the booth. What was the booth? 1673. 1673 to get a full can like the big candy bar Halloween, you get a full can when you're walking at Expo. It'll be ice cold. So please stop by and try out Perfy. Vasa, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a great one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Vasa.